This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. Today we're in the studio for another First Listen, our monthly podcast where members of the magazine team discuss an important new release. With me today in the BBC Music Studio is Jeremy Pound, the Deputy Editor, and Rebecca Franks, our Reviews Editor. Hello. Hello. And today's disc is a Naxos recording of Bernstein's Symphony No. 3, The Kaddish, along with his Missa Brevis and his music for The Lark, uh, performed by a variety of artists, including the Washington Chorus, the Sao Paulo Symphony Choir, and the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra under Marin Alsop. So is this recording a vision of American heaven, or is it a little bit hellish? Let's listen to the opening of The Kaddish Symphony uh, to start us off. So 
So that was the opening to Ben Stein's Cabbage Symphony. Rebecca, this is really not a regular symphony, is it? It's more sort of theatre, oratorio, um, narrator with a bit of music. I mean, for me, I found the music at the beginning quite alluring and quite arresting, and yet this narration um, sort of seems to sort of spill over the top. How, how does it work for you? Well, I mean, Bernstein, is, it's his third symphony. Um, it's a great, ambitious, sort of imaginative idea. I ultimately feel that it does fall short, so it really needs everything in the performance to be just right to kind of really make it work. Um, so, as you say, it's the setting of uh, the Jewish prayer, that the Kaddish, um, which means sanctification, um, and you get the three settings of that. All the way through the all symphony. All the three, and, and with a narrator linking everything. Um, so... There are so many different elements here that, as I say, it really has to kind of, everything has to fall into place. And the narrator is effectively, isn't it? It's the the thoughts of someone who is about to pray and it's his thoughts almost in between prayers and this kind of where he goes kind of off track a little bit and then he returns to the business of praying. In that extract, we've just heard them saying, I want to pray and that's sort of setting up the scene essentially for what we're going to have next. I I, I do feel, though, that the text, I mean, uh, this isn't um, Bernstein's greatest work. I think the music is... I I, I like the music. I like the music. I think it's lyrical. I think it's got a lot of um, wonderful influences at Copeland and you can hear some Corigliano and a little bit of howls, I think we were mentioning earlier in there. But I feel that the text really lets it down. I, I feel it, it just contains so many banalities. And, and I feel that it's it's a man, obviously, um, or a woman, actually, in this case, Bernstein did stipulate it should be a, a woman narrating, um, questioning their faith um, and, and, and going on this long journey. I just feel it's a bit of a rambling journey. Well, the text had a bit of a, a tortured history anyway, um, Apparently that he'd originally tried to get um, Robert Lowell, Mrs Bernstein had originally tried to get Robert Lowell to write text for him and then um, poet Frederick Seidel, neither of which actually came to light, so he, he did it himself. And I think, as you suggest, what we see here is that um, Bernstein was, was no great word setter or no great, no great poet. And I don't think he was actually convinced by the text either himself. And he actually, this is, as you say, this original version, and he later um, had had a different text set, um, which was um, a sort of a testament by a Holocaust survivor. And it was stipulated that this man who wrote this text had to perform it himself, and that has been done until quite recently. It was performed in Edinburgh last year, but since then he's he's died. So I, I don't know what the situation is now with him being able to perform a different version of it. Yes, I do. I do. The libretto is is very long, um, but I do find though that when Bernstein concentrates on setting words to music, he's actually supremely good at it. Um, and I think in the next extract we hear, which is the the soprano solo, I feel he really does um, set it beautifully, um, which I think we should we should hear now.
So that was uh, an extract from uh, track 10, Kaddish 2 from Bernstein's Kaddish Symphony, performed beautifully here by Kelly Nassif, the soprano on this recording, um, followed again by more speaker, more, more recitation. Jeremy, you've got something to say about that, I think. Yes, one thing you really have to bear in mind with this with this work is that um, we've actually played extracts of the music, but the whole thing is very, very dominated by the speaker. It's not a case of short moments of monologue followed by a lot of music. It's actually, the speaker is the, the core role in the whole thing. And I think they've miscast the speaker on this recording. I, you can ju- This work would work quite well if you had a speaker in the Bernstein mould who actually wrote the words. And he was kind of had that sort of grizzled voice. You can imagine this, he had this, the words are very sarcastic, they're very ironic. Um, he had that sort of sassy personality almost. You can imagine him sitting there almost grumbling with a cigarette hanging out the side of his mouth. Whereas um, Claire Bloom, who, who does the role here, kind of almost presents it like a Shakespearean monologue at times. It just doesn't work. Um, and, I mean, that's a matter of interpretation, but unforgivably, um, she also is inconsistent in her delivery of the text. Occasionally she brings a little bit of an American inflection into her accent, and you think... Does she want to go with her own voice or is she trying to be something else? And it's, it just doesn't work for me at all, I'm afraid. I agree. And, and funny because this piece is actually, I mean, I know it's on a huge sort of big scale and it's theatrical and, you know, all of that. But it's actually very personal in a way. You feel that this is a very personal expression and questioning of faith. And so I agree the narrator needs to be able to actually be able to commun- communicate that. To you can almost imagine Bernstein sitting there on a late night with a cigarette and a whiskey bottle yeah. and churning out his thoughts. And that impression just doesn't come across in this recording. Mm. Yeah, I'm also on this disc. I think we should also mention the Missa Brevis and the Lark. Uh, the reason I mention them in in uh, two breaths is because the music from the Lark was used for the Missa Brevis. So in fact, we have almost two versions of the same piece in one recording. Which you know, um, of course, it's separated by the Kaddish. But do we want two pieces on the same disc that is effectively the same music? On the other hand, I thought the Missa Brevis was the most successful. I think it is actually a very fine piece. I think it works well. I think he he writes clearly, writes well for chorus, and clearly has been influenced by the by the English tradition. And I think the performance here, but I think it was the Sao Paulo Symphony Choir, I believe, that's singing the, the Missa Brevis, and they did a much finer job, I hasten to say, than the, than the uh, Washington Chorus, which I think perhaps it, the way it was positioned in the in the Kaddish Symphony, it sounded quite far back, but they didn't sound quite up. To necessarily that you know the, the crispness of it and the the sort of um, you know the, the liveliness that it needed. I still um, don't feel it's a great performance. I still don't feel that th- this is choral singing that we have come to expect. I think I don't think it is it, the kind of choral singing that we should get on this sort of recording. In, I don't think it's up to scratch in the Missa Brevis. Oh, in the Missa Brevis. I yes, I agree. And I also I'm afraid to say that I find the the counter the counter tenor soloist Paolo Mestre a little bit reedy in the Missa Brevis. I mean, as well. if you compare it to Polyphony's recent recording of this of the same piece in their uh, their disc of American um, works, that was our recording of the month a few months back. I mean, that's it's very much. They're very much on a really different level. Compare really. We need to hear a, an extract from this. We'll hear the Benedictus from the Missa Brevis.
So that was an extract from the Benedictus of Leonard Bernstein's um, actually very, very good Missa Brevis. Yes, I think it's a work that, as you say, if you know the English choral tradition, you'll probably quite enjoy. That that particular passage there, I thought, reminded me a little bit of um, of Britain's Missa Brevis, uh, actually in Britain in general. And also the, the antiphonal way he uses the soloist and then the chorus actually reminds me a little bit of the Benedictus in Vaughan Williams's Mass and G. So if you know your British choral music, you'll actually probably get quite a lot out of this. And it's a as I say, it's a short work, hence Mr. Brevis, and it's, I've enjoyed it. And it's an OK performance. I think, you know, you get a flavour of the piece, and I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's fine, it's passable, it's workable, work-a-day kind of performance. I think we need some scores, though. Jeremy, out of ten, this Bernstein recording. OK, this disc was partly salvaged by the Mr. Brevis, which I did enjoy. However, I thought the Kaddish was simply, simply awful. And as a result, as that is the main work on the disc, I am going to give it five out of ten. Five out of ten, Rebecca. I would like to give this six out of ten. Uh, as, as discussed, I had quite a few reservations about about the, the narrator and, and the chorus. Um, I think the orchestra um, does, a, does a fine job, and Marin also does a, a very good job of sort of keeping it all together. But ultimately, it wasn't desperately exciting. <laughs> I'm going to give it six as well. Um, do you know, I, I, I did enjoy moments of the Kaddish. Um, I thought the narrator was... I just didn't enjoy that. But I, I, once you sort of get past the narrator and you hear beyond that to some of the orchestrations and the sounds, I thought it was a fascinating recording. Um, I think it was performed quite well. I think the Messer Brevis was interesting. Um, so I think it... Yeah, I, I, I think a six for me as well which gives us an average of five and two-thirds, according to Jeremy's quick mathematics. Um, (laughs) So that brings us to the end of this uh, episode of First Listen. Join us next month when we'll be discussing another important new release. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.